Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome into the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you on a Wednesday night. Very rainy earlier now. It doesn't look nearly as bad. I missed the rain by about 30 seconds when I was coming to work today. I was running a little late, had to grab a lunch, and as I'm walking in the door, it starts to just pour. I didn't have a coat, anything, so good timing on my part today. Good timing on my part. Today on the Nightcap, me and Bulldog earlier at the Star Show and the Bulldog, we're talking about the quarterback situations in the NFL. You know, who's all set? Who's about done with their quarterback? Who do we not know what's going on? And... Who's all set for now? Who's good for now? And it got me thinking because really the thesis of that argue or, or really that that whole segment was the AFC is loaded. And you look through and you look at the quarterback situation, you realize yes, the AFC is in fact loaded, and the NFC is not. But I was looking at it, and 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 it really brought up sort of an idea. I've been thinking about it a little bit, but now it really sort of highlighted it for me is the NFC could really be a, the conference this year where there's just a ton of surprises because the quarterback play is so drastically different from the AFC. There's a ton more parity in the NFC. The AFC, you kind of know who the big dogs are. The Allens, the Mahomes, the Herberts, the Lamar Jacksons, you know, the Russell Wilsons, all that stuff. You know who they are. The Burroughs, you know who they are. And you know what teams are really, really good. I I said it today on Show the Bulldog as well. I think the AFC playoff race is all but kind of done in the sense of I would be surprised if there were any surprises, right? I mean, like there isn't a team that I'm sitting here going, man, watch them, watch them. They could surprise people. I'm not doing that in the AFC. I've talked a little bit about teams I think that could in turn, you know, be better than expected, Jacksonville, but I don't expect them to make the playoffs. I don't even think it's really even a likelihood. I mean, someone has to win the AFC South, but I think it's probably going to be the Colts. But the NFC, when you really look at it, you realize there's a lot of good teams, average teams, but not really many great teams. And I think a lot of that is coming from, you know, stuff like Tampa, where Tampa's dealing with some injuries. And then along with that, you know, where's Tom Brady? I mean, he's dealing with personal stuff, but he's due back after August 20th at some point. Don't really know what's going on there. San Francisco is going through their own quarterback fluctuation. They're moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo into the Trey Lance era. Russell Wilson is no longer in Seattle. There's a lot of interesting teams in the NFC, and and not interesting in the sense of I want to watch them every week. Like the AFC teams, I kind of want to watch all of those teams as much as I can. I would pay good money to have just an AFC or AFC West like premium package that like it's just all on primetime, and I can watch that conference or I can watch that division. 
because it's just loaded from top to bottom. Even the Raiders. The Raiders are an NFC a- or are in any other AFC division. You would have people legitimately picking them as the favorites with the with the addition of Devontae Adams, the fact that they have Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro is maybe the best slot receiver in football. You'll always have people believing in Josh Jacobs, even if there isn't just anything there anymore. But they're a fascinating team. And they're probably going to finish fourth in their division in the AFC West. But so the NFC, what I want to do today is I was thinking a lot about this the last two hours. What teams do I think can genuinely surprise people? Not just make the playoffs or not just, you know, win eight games. You're like, oh, I kind of thought you'd win four. No, I don't want to do the NFC version of like the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm talking about teams that I think could make a run at a Super Bowl in the NFC. Not necessarily win the game, but make it to a Super Bowl. Because I think there's a, it, the NFC is so much more wide open, and I can't genuinely differentiate between the teams. Not a lot of them. I really can't. Just because the quarterback play is so up in the air. Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl last year. It also took a Herculean effort to do so. He's coming in injured. Brady could fall apart at any time. I like I I get he has not yet, but he's 45 now. At some point there is a wall. That is a thing. You can be, you know, in the greatest shape of your life, but eventually you just stop being a pro athlete shape. That just happens. So any at any given time it could collapse in on him. And then in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers' record looks pretty good without Devontae Adams, but overall, through a 17-game season, how do they look? Are they able to score with the best of them? Those were your three big dogs at the top of it all. What happens now? You can maybe also throw Dallas in there, as I think Dallas was the fourth seed last year. Dallas, I think, is absolutely in for a huge regression. I don't like Mike McCarthy at all. I don't like what Jerry Jones really does with the team outside of drafting. And I'm, I've been hearing stuff or I've been reading stuff that Jerry Jones isn't even really involved in drafting nearly as much anymore, that it's more his son, Stephen Jones. So I, I gave credit to Jerry a few weeks ago. I'm not sure if that still holds true, but for right now, I, I still think he does a very good job at drafting. But I think the Cowboys are absolutely in for a regression this year. That's kind of one of the teams I think that could surprise people, but we're looking much more to positive sense. So I do want to go through each division in the NFC. I have a team for each division. We'll start with the NFC West because I've talked a lot about this team and they're not, they're not really on this list, but I think there are some people that are writing off the San Francisco 49ers because they are going to Trey Lance. Real quick point. I talked a lot about this yesterday. So if you want to hear more about that, you can go listen to that on our on-demand audio, but just kind of a quick summarize here. Uh, I think Trey Lance is one of the best quarterback talents in the NFL. Just in terms of pure athleticism and talent, he is one of the best in the NFL. Does that mean it's going to equate to statistics and wins? Probably, it may not. But I think there's a probable chance that it will. With the Kyle Shanahan system and the players around him with the 49ers, I think he can be an absolute superstar. I think they're one of the most loaded rosters in the NFL. And if Lance hits... The NFC changes drastically because I think they become the runaway favorite. If he hits, they are the runaway favorite to me, and they could become the runaway favorite for the next four or five years. Unlike the AFC, there really just is not that young quarterback, that young team that could challenge the 49ers if Lance is a hit. 
Moving on from that, we'll go to the NFC South because I find this maybe to be the most fascinating division because no one talks about it. And for me, these two teams that I, I think could really surprise people, the Carolina Panthers and the New Orleans Saints. The Panthers, I talked a little bit about when they added Baker Mayfield a few weeks ago. Now, we've, we've you know I've been reading some reports from Carolina Panthers camp. They actually just had a joint practice today with the Patriots. A ton of fights. That's always fun. But Baker Mayfield, I think, does almost add a an aura of legitimacy to them. I think we can all admit that while Baker Mayfield, not the number one overall quarterback from that 2018 draft class, Lamar and Allen are far ahead of him. And then even then, the gap between Allen and Lamar seems to be growing as well. We'll see how Lamar can do this year. But in terms of playoff games, it's not even close. Allen is is the superior quarterback when it comes to be in playoff games. But Baker Mayfield, I think, is is is, is an average NFL quarterback with good upside on his day. Because on his day, which was for a long time playing the Cincinnati Bengals, Baker could look spectacular. He could look like the NFL talent a lot of people thought he was going to be after his rookie year. His rookie year was awesome. And, it, and he never reached those points again. But he also brought an, an aura of legitimacy to the Cleveland Browns, something that they hadn't had in almost 20 years, definitely my entire lifetime. And so now, Carolina, though, has some talent on that offensive side of the football and a really young and aggressive defense as well. On the offensive side of the football, the main key weapons there for me are DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey. And I think both of those two are underrated. McCaffrey more due to injuries the last two years that people have somewhat forgot about him. And DJ Moore, just because the quarterbacks he's had to play with have not been good. He got end of his career Cam Newton and Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker. Like, that's who he's gotten. That's not good for anybody. That helps nobody. Now he gets Baker Mayfield. I th- Baker has to have, have learned from the Odell Beckham Jr. experience. We talked a lot about OBJ today maybe potentially being added to the Bills at some point in the season, even before the season begins. For me, though, Baker's biggest problem, and, and Sal Capaccio brought it up today with Bulldog, that it, it almost got to a point Baker was legitimately just targeting Beckham too much and at wrong times, and there wasn't this natural feeling to their offense at all. And it's why Baker's stats were worse when Beckham was on the field because it did feel like he's force-feeding him. And it wasn't a natural progression for those two. It wasn't a natural fit for those two. Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen have been an absolutely natural fit. Those two have been great together. Baker and Odell Beckham Jr., not so much. There isn't that guy on the Carolina Panthers. I really like DJ Moore, but there isn't... It's, it's not, he's not being told, well, you have, you have to get it to that guy. It, it's not that. He can absolutely sort of work as he is in, in the middle of the field. And when he did with the Cleveland Browns, where it was just work with what the offense is giving you. You don't have to take these deep shots every single time to go to a very specific player. He can work the middle of the field with some of their slot guys, so and even Christian McCaffrey himself, who is maybe the best slot receiver that they have at running back. He gets Robbie Anderson, who's a very good deep threat. Of course, we brought up DJ Moore already. And also a young player I really like is Terrace Marshall Jr. coming out of LSU. He was part of that Justin Jefferson, uh, Jamar Chase group, and he really didn't get to do much last year. I'm interested in him as a prospect coming into his thir- into his second year, excuse me, and what he can offer 
the Carolina Panthers. I think he can be a really, really interesting prospect there as essentially he was the third guy to Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase on that LSU team with Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Brady as well, who's now the Bills quarterback coach, was on that roster as a uh, offensive coordinator slash quarterback coach. Not really sure what his exact you know, calling card was on that team. Then along with that, on their defense, C.J. Henderson, J.C. Horn are really good cornerbacks. Xavier Woods is solid safety, but to me it's the defensive line with Derrick Brown, Brian Burns, Yader Gross-Matos. They have a really aggressive, young defensive line that can really get after the passer. For me, Brian Burns is really the name that pops out there. He's a young guy out of Florida State. This is his, I want yeah this is going to be his fourth season and he's just been growing each and each and each year where you know his rookie year seven and a half sacks and the last two years he's had nine sacks each I think he is due for a big pop year where he can maybe get 12 13 he is trending towards that direction I think he'll get it and I think he'll get it too just because the secondary on his team is getting better JC Horn was a uh what's it called a uh, rookie last year got hurt, now he's being brought in. You add him with Jeremy Chin as well as one of your safeties. With Xavier Woods, that secondary is getting better and better and better. You add in, again, like I called it, sort of a an aura of legitimacy at quarterback. And no one's really asking Baker to go out there and throw 35-plus touchdown passes. If he can go out there, and just looking at his rookie year with Cleveland, if he can go out there, honestly, give this year... 64 completion percentage, about 3,800 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, and less than 15 picks. They're, I think they, they're they a playoff team. I think that might honestly be a playoff team. Even his third year, when he had Nick Chubb running the football with him, he gets Christian McCaffrey now, so McCaffrey can stay healthy, which having a better quarterback may take some of the load off of him where he doesn't have to you know touch the ball 30 times a game. But his third year, when they went 11-5 and and they won that playoff game in Pittsburgh, 63 completion percentage, about 3,500 yards, 26 touchdown passes, 8 interceptions. If he can give you anything around that, they're making the playoffs. I think easily they're making the playoffs with around like 9, 10 wins. And that's the thing. In the NFC, I think 9 wins gets you in. Not comfortably, but it gets you in. 10 wins, absolutely you're in. I think Carolina can be a fascinating team this year. Now, their compatriot in the NFC South, the New Orleans Saints. This team looked good before Jameson, uh, James Winston went down with a torn ACL. And they were doing that without maybe their best player, on offense at least, Ian Michael Thomas. He's been up and down throughout you know the last two years of even being on the field. He's dealt with a ton of injuries. And now you have him, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram to a lesser extent. They've added a little bit at the tight end room. Adam uh, Troutman is kind of somebody to look at there. Their defense, though, has always been a stingy defense. The last three or four years, I think, has really just been a defense that has annoyed people to no end. Look at Tom Brady's record when he plays them. I want to say he's 1-3 when he's been in Tampa against the New Orleans Saints. He has not had a good time against them. They have one of the best cornerbacks in the league in Marshawn Lattimore. Malcolm Jenkins is still phenomenal at the strong safety position. You've got... A good, good group there. And again, this is a team that you know blew out the Green Bay Packers to open up last season. And they had moments where they looked awesome. They were 5-2 and two 
in week eight against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then they just fell off a cliff. And this is right around weeks nine to 13 is when Jameis Winston get hurt, got hurt, and it just became a tire fire after that point. They really couldn't recover. You know, the Bills were playing guys like Taysom Hill and Ian Book. You felt bad almost for the New Orleans Saints, but being at 5-2 and two with Jameis Winston, a part of it, you, you did look at him going, man, they're they're pretty good. They They gave it to Green Bay to open up the year. Green Bay never looked weaker than that game. You're getting Winston, uh, you know, now it's his, what is this now, his third year with that team. They clearly have some faith in him, and I don't think people are talking about this enough. In 2021, in the seven games he played, for the New Orleans Saints, Jameis Winston, little under 60 completion. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Percentage. A little over 1,100 passing yards, but 14 touchdowns to three picks. If he can put around that, if he can get that completion percentage up just a bit, just to be a little more efficient, really driving the ball downfield like he does, but just be a little more efficient. And I think he will be, because you also got to remember, this is a team that just added... Chris Olave, somebody I wrote about during the draft. I fell in love with him. He's one of my big uh, draft crushes. You add in that, they've got Jarvis Landry. Marquez Callaway is a stud that really showed out last year for them when Jameis Winston was playing. And you add in Michael Thomas. The Saints are a team no one is talking about. And they could absolutely surprise people and win 11 games. The schedule this year, they open up with the Atlanta Falcons. I think that's an easy, they blow them out. Tampa Bay at home could be an interesting game, especially, as I just said, Tom Brady has not had a good record against them in his in his two years so far with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then he gets at Carolina, Minnesota, Seattle, Cincinnati, all at home, at Arizona, Las Vegas, Baltimore at home, at Pittsburgh, the Rams, at 49ers, at Tampa. They get a late bye, week 14. And then they get Atlanta, Cleveland, Philly, Carolina. I, you can find 11 wins in there. I think they get one week one. They absolutely beat Seattle. 
They could beat the Vikings. That's going to be in London. They could beat the Vikings. Carolina, I'd probably also put them ahead of right now. I, I know we just talked about Carolina. I would probably give New Orleans at least one of those games. I think they beat Pittsburgh. I think they can absolutely beat the Raiders. I think they will beat the Cardinals. I think they'll split with Tampa Bay. I think they'll sweep Atlanta. They've got Cleveland. I'll give them a win over Philadelphia. And they'll grab. They're going to grab a few of these wins that they shouldn't. Maybe over the Raiders. Maybe over Baltimore. Maybe over the Rams. San Francisco. They're going to be a stingy team that no one is going to want to play. Now, they do have a new head coach in Dennis Allen. This is the first time they haven't had Sean Payton in what feels like forever. But Dennis Allen himself is not new to the NFL. He was the Raiders head coach um, for two years from 2012 to 14. But he's been with the Saints since 2015. Now, he's coming in much more of a defensive-minded guy. He was their defensive coordinator for seven years, I want to say. So he's coming in more defensive-minded. I'm not really against that. But then they have Peter Carmichael. He's their offensive coordinator. Now, he's been with the team for a long time. He has been their offensive coordinator since 2009. That, to me, is key. You're keeping the Sean Payton offense there. Ultimately, he's not going to change anything. Jameis Winston is not learning a new offense. The offense just continues to move forward. And guys like Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and I really do think Chris Olave could be spectacular for this roster to really push them to maybe even 11 wins. I think 11 wins is not of their own possibility. Last year they won nine, and Jameis Winston was out after week seven. They won nine games, and they had to go through this huge losing streak after starting the year five and two. That ultimately put them to 5-7. and seven. They actually ended the year, weeks 14 through 18, losing one game. The Miami Dolphins. They lost 20-3. to three. They won every other game, though. They beat the Tampa Bay Bucks 9 to nothing. They are a fascinating team. Tom Brady might be 0-4. I'm now looking at it. He also lost 36-27 to 27 in Week 8. He might be 0-4. I think I gave him a win that he did not deserve. I've got to look this up now. I've got to look this up. Stats. No, James went. No, wait. Maybe not. Who was the quarterback in this game? I'm not going to get it. This is ridiculous. But regardless, Tom Brady has not had a good run against the Saints. I think there's a thing, too, now. I was like, I'm, I easily will give them a split with the Tampa Bay Bucs because I haven't seen Brady with the Bucs beat them. They went 9-8 and eight last year. They're, I think they're absolutely going to win 11 games this year. Unless James Winston gets hurt again. They added some nastiness on the offensive line with Trevor Penning. He got into a fight three straight days in practice, ended up getting kicked out. He's a rookie, so it'll take him a little bit of time. He's coming out of Northern Iowa. But he was a teammate with Spencer Brown as well, and we know Spencer Brown's rookie year did very, very very well as a fourth-round pick. Penning, a first-round pick, should do well as well. And Olave, we've seen what these first-round receivers do now in the NFL as they come out of rookies. They, They can come in and really make a huge difference. And you add in him with Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry as well. I think the Saints are absolutely going to be a team that is going to find themselves in the playoffs. We are going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll go through the rest of the NFC teams. I have potentially surprising people who could make playoff runs, if not even Super Bowl runs. We'll do that when we get back here on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you for about the next half hour or so. We're talking NFC teams that could be surprising this year. Not just making the playoffs, not even like what we talked about a few weeks ago with the AFC teams that, you know, maybe are a little bit better than people are giving them credit for, where, you know, they'll be a little, you know, fun to watch, but not make the playoffs. I'm talking about teams in the NFC because it's a conference 
that while the quarterback play at at its highest levels is, you know, two-time MVP or back-to-back MVP in Aaron Rodgers, the greatest of all time in Brady, there's a lot of disparity there. There is potential for a surprising team to make a run at a Super Bowl. In the first segment, we talked about the 49ers as a team that I am very bullish on this year. I Number one, I think they're the team that's going to play the Bills in the Super Bowl just flat out. I think Trey Lance is going to be a superstar. I think he is going to be the quarterback from the uh, last year's rookie class that's going to take that second-year jump. And then the NFC South, I think Carolina could be a fun team to watch with Baker Mayfield, with Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, a young, ferocious defense with led by Brian Burns, J.C. Horn, and Jeremy Chin. But then the team I really think could make a Super Bowl run that could stun people is the Saints. The New Orleans Saints won nine games last year with Jameis Winston being out for at least half the year, at least 10 games with a torn ACL. They still went 9-8. and eight. They started the year 5-2 and two and fell off a cliff once he was out. If Jameis Winston is healthy this year, along with the addition of Michael Thomas, he's coming back. Chris Olave is a rookie draft pick. Jarvis Landry and, of course, Alvin Kamara already being on that roster. And a also very good defense led by guys like Marcus Davenport and uh, Marcus Lattimore. They could be a very, very, very intriguing team, especially late in the season. If they can win 11, maybe even 12 games in the NFC South. They're also a team that I have now found out have beaten Tom Brady four straight times. I thought he was, I thought he at least got one. But it looks like he's owned four in the last two years against the Saints. I think they're absolutely going to split with Tampa Bay, if not sweep them again. That could be interesting where the New Orleans Saints could go. Jameis Winston, though, has always been a quarterback for me that just it, there's too much risk. There's not enough a, a reward. But if he can put up stats similar to what he had last year, which is 14 touchdown passes and only five interceptions through seven games, if he can give me 30 touchdowns and 10 picks, and like 64 completion percentage, that is a team that can be a Super Bowl contender. But moving on to the rest of the NFC, we have two teams in the NFC North and two teams in the NFC East. We'll start with the NFC East, the Washington Commanders. I want to start with this team just because, why not? They're a team that has had um, no good PR throughout this offseason. I mean, like literally zero. Their owner is fleeing and going off and living on his yacht for months at a time, avoiding any sort of legal action. Uh, Their stadium is completely falling apart to the point where NFL players are asking for it to be completely rebuilt or redone and or just not play there. Their defensive coordinator uh, making some politically charged comments in Jack Del Rio. And then they have Ron Rivera, who's just an all-around good guy, but seems like he's trying to almost be Atlas, the Greek uh, titan, and just hold up the earth. And he's in Washington, so it's trying to push him into the ground. But there's something about Washington that I'm buying into for a second straight year. I did last year when they had Ryan Fitzpatrick. I thought there could be a team that makes the playoffs. I thought they'd have one of the best defenses in football with Chase Young and and just honestly just a loaded defense of line. But they were overall just a very, very disappointing team last year. They went 7-10, and in-and-out quarterback play, nothing really great there. But they come in this year, I think they add one of the better rookie receivers in the entire draft in Jahan Dotson. I think he adds a little bit more of a slot option for them that could really do damage both in the slot and in the outside. And of course, they have Terry McLaurin, who to me is the most underrated receiver in football. It's not up for debate. I don't think he gets nearly the respect 
he should. And they also have guys like Curtis Samuel who could come in and be a great third option. I'm excited to see that. Why do I think this is a team that could surprise people? Mainly, I think their schedule really offers nicely for them. And a guy like Carson Wentz that just... I, I've now I've talked myself back into Carson Wentz, and I'm I'm embarrassed to admit that, but only slightly. And I mean by only slightly bought back in. I just you look back at his early Eagles career, and it's just it's stunning what happened in that final year in Philadelphia and even what has happened in Indianapolis. And I know there are reports that he's not very accurate, even in Washington camp right now, and that it's just it's not looking good in the slightest. But when they open up the season with Jacksonville, Detroit, Philadelphia, Dallas, Tennessee, Chicago, that's your first six weeks. That is a team that if they can win the turnover battle, if that defense is finally what it was advertised to be, and Carson Wentz just does not turn the ball over, can consistently get the ball to guys like Terry McLaurin, they can be something interesting this year. That's what they need to do. They need to be interesting this year. But just going through Carson Wentz's stats is just, it, it feels it feels fake. 2017 through 2019 feels like a fever dream. I'm, I'm confident it didn't happen. But we'll go through it. 2017, that's the year that Carson Wentz kind of, he took a second-year leap. He's He took what I'm imagining guys like Trey Lance will take. Patrick Mahomes took a far more aggressive one in his second year, but he didn't really play much of his rookie year. But he goes 33 touchdowns, 7 picks, only plays 13 games. He tears his ACL. Slightly over 60 completion percentage and 3,200 yards. He was a guy that just, he was elite, elite, almost historically so on third downs. That Eagles team for most of the year looked like the cream of the crop of the NFL, not just the NFC. But it was a very old roster. It got old very quick. As you well know, Philadelphia has gone through very much a big transition since their 2017 Super Bowl win. The second year, the next year, though, he only plays 11 games. He's still trying to come back from that torn ACL. He has a record of 5-6. and six. This is, again, that turnover of that roster. They're getting old. They need to get younger. They need to draft better. His completion percentage, though, takes a massive jump forward. 69% completion percentage, just a tad over 3,000 yards. He only did play 11 games this year, though, 21 touchdowns and 7 picks. At that point, through those two years, Carson Wentz is an elite quarterback. He is. His team may not be great, but he's an elite quarterback. And then in 2019, to me, his most impressive year, plays 16 games, his team goes 9-7, and 64 completion percentage, just over 4,000 yards, 27 touchdowns, 7 picks. He did this all without a receiver hitting 500 yards receiving. There was something there with Carson Wentz. There was something still there, I think. Because this is, those two years, to me, more impressive than his, than his 33 touchdown season. That comes after the torn ACL. There is something there. Then in 2020, 16 touchdowns, 15 picks, not even 58 completion percentage, and around 2,600 passing yards. He only plays 12 games, but they go 3-8-1. and one. Not good. And then in 2021, he plays for Indianapolis. All 17 games, they go 9-8, and eight, 62 completion percentage, about 3,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 7 picks. If he can capture that 2017 to 2019 window with Philadelphia, I think he has a more talented team in Washington with him than those than the 18-19 Philadelphia team. I do. I think the defense is right around where they were, and his offense is significantly better. He'll have a guy in J.D. McKissick who's very, very good out of the backfield at catching the ball. Antonio Gibson, though, has been somebody. I, I, I wonder what's going on there. I have not heard really any good reports from him out of camp. But there, 
Antonio Gibson's been a guy in the NFL the last two years that has been good. His first year with Washington, 795 yards, rushing 11 touchdowns. He also caught 36 passes. And then last year, just over 1,000 yards, 7 touchdowns. He caught 42 passes and 3 touchdowns. There's something there that they've got to grab onto. But for me, it's really Terry McLaurin. I think it, if you get Wentz to really find himself again, plus having Terry McLaurin, you could be looking at that 2017 season with more efficiency. And that's a dangerous Carson Wentz right there. I think he's also got a really, really good head coach in Ron Rivera who can kind of point him in the right direction. And he's also on a Washington team that I think is death. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Desperately looking for leadership. I don't know if Carson Wentz can offer that. Every rumor about him, every report about him is that he can't. But Terry McLaurin has been on this team longer, and Chase Young, to me, honestly feels like the actual leader of that team. So he may not need to. But Washington, I think more than any of the teams I've talked about tonight, are the most wild card team of that. But if Carson Wentz, because I, there's I, that three year window for Philadelphia screams elite quarterback, and then it just collapses in on itself. Nobody knows what happened. Nobody. But if he can capture that, Washington immediately jumps up to be a competitive team. Now, continuing on in the NFC East, the team I really do think could make a surprise Super Bowl run this year is the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not a huge believer in Jalen Hurts. I am a believer, though, in almost everything else that they have. The addition of A.J. Brown cannot be understated of how important it is and how good it is. And I said that last night when talking kind of about the Tennessee Titans and how just I think Tannehill could really fall off a cliff. I think A.J. Brown was really a huge catalyst for his success, not just Derrick Henry. So you add him into this into this offense, you already have guys like Jalen, or not Jalen Rager, excuse me, Devonta Smith, and even Quaz Watkins. That is a dangerous offense, and it is a fast offense. Then, of course, Dallas Goddard may be one of the more underrated tight ends in football. And then Miles Sanders, who we'll see really what he is in the NFL. His rookie year is pretty good, and then it's just kind of, he's sort of, he's plateaued a little bit to where he's at, but. I think with the way they were running they were running the football last year, I think now that you've added in more to your receiving room, that running game could really open up. They could I think Philadelphia could be a very, very dangerous team all year long. Looking at their schedule real quick, they open up the season with Detroit, Minnesota, and Washington. And Jacksonville, excuse me. So those are our first four games. Philadelphia to me, maybe more than any team I'm talking about tonight, are my favorites in terms of who I really think could surprise people. And I remember, you know, being on the morning show with Howard Simon, we were talking about, you know, who could win the NFC East? Is Dallas still a favorite? Is it Philadelphia? I said right here, going into their bye week as well, they have a week seven bye week, they could easily be 6-0. I've already mentioned their first four games, at Detroit, Minnesota, at Washington, Jacksonville. Then they get at Arizona and Dallas. Hurts has to play better against Dallas. He has had rough games against the Dallas Cowboys. But you'll ha- you, that'll be at home. And you get Arizona with everything in flux. It's still early in the season, and they still don't have DeAndre Hopkins back. 
They'll have Hollywood Brown, yes, but they will not have DeAndre Hopkins, and that is clearly their best player on offense, not named Kyler Murray. Minnesota is a team, I just spoiler alert, we're going to talk about them as well. Detroit, while I like them and I think they can be an improved team, I don't see them as a Super Bowl contender. I don't. They're they're just they're not there yet for me. So I'm looking at this schedule, and even though I just talked about Washington, I think a lot of that hinges on Carson Wentz refinding his early Philadelphia career. So if he doesn't win against Detroit, win against Minnesota, win against Washington, Jacksonville, I think that's a win. Arizona, I think that's a win. Dallas, I think that's a win. If you had me pick the schedule right now, I'd probably have the Eagles starting the season 6-0. and Then they get a bye. Then they get Pittsburgh. A team who, I mean, going into week eight, that could be Kenny Pickett's first start. It could be a second, whatever. Or it could still be Mitchell Trubisky because he's not ready yet. That's at home. I think I could see them losing that game just because I'm not a huge, again, I'm not a huge, huge believer in Jalen Hurts. So we'll give them a loss there. Houston, at Houston, win. Washington at home, probably a win. At Indianapolis, up in the air. We'll see, though. Matt Ryan, I was, I was surprised to find out, was 37 today. I looked that up when we were doing our, our quarterback rankings about an hour before the show, and um, I was surprised that he was 37. So at this point, in, in, in week 11, in his 37-year-old season, he could fall off a cliff. But I'll give Indianapolis the win there. Green Bay, I'll give Green Bay the win. Tennessee, I'm with Bulldog. I think Tennessee's going to hit a wall here. I'm, I'm going to go Eagles there. At Giants, Eagles. The Giants are going to be one of the worst teams in football. I... I don't like much of what they're doing in terms of right now. I think a lot of what they're doing is building for the future, but in terms of right now, it's not good. At Chicago, win. At Dallas, we'll give Dallas the win there. New Orleans, I'll give the the win to New Orleans. And then the New York Giants at home, that's a win. That is a good football team. That is a really, really good football team. And if Hurts, and by the way, Jalen Hurts, to those who don't you know watch a ton of college football, Hurts has improved as a passer every single year I've watched him throw the football. From his freshman season in Alabama, where he was essentially a liability every time he had to throw the football, to his season in Oklahoma, where he looked good, to his rookie season with Philadelphia, his second season he looked a tad better, and now I'm excited to see him in his third season with this team, and especially a team that I think it's right to think they moved around some picks this year, excuse me, in this past draft to go into this year, with the idea that they may be willing to move off of somebody, namely Jalen Hurts. But he did get better as a passer in his rookie year. He only played four. He only started four games, fifty-two completion percent, six touchdowns, four picks, tad over a thousand yards. He was much more of a rushing threat. 354 yards and three touchdowns. His second year, though, with a rookie wide receiver and a room that was constantly in flux. Jalen Rager was still getting snaps, which is a crime. 61 completion percentage, 31 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, 9 picks. His rushing, though, was phenomenal. 784 yards and 10 touchdowns. If you can add on another 10 touchdowns there, Devonta Smith taking another step his second year, Quaz Watkins taking another step, and A.J. Brown coming into that room, and around the same rushing touchdowns, that team is, is going to be spectacular. They are going to be a tough out every single week. I like Philadelphia this year in terms of what they can do. And I think they could be a team also that takes advantage of an NFC East that is either rebuilding or is not yet ready to understand that they are bad. Or that they need to move off of somebody. Namely, that being the Dallas Cowboys with Mike McCarthy. 
I think Mike McCarthy's going to hold back the Dallas Cowboys. I like Dak Prescott a lot, but I think the loss of Amari Cooper is going to hurt him more than the team is willing to admit. And if they split with the Eagles, I have the Eagles being a better overall team, having a better record. I think the Cowboys could absolutely miss the playoffs. Mainly because as much as I like Dak, he has had times where he just struggles in the big game. I liked him last year in the opener against Tampa Bay. But that's one in like eight games where he was on primetime against a great team that he played well. He's going to have another chance to open up the season again this year with Tampa Bay. We'll see what happens there. But we're going to take a quick time out when we come back. We'll talk about the last team. I've already spoiled it. It's going to be the Minnesota Vikings. We'll do that to wrap up the show here on the Nightcap on WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap here on WGR. Zach Jones along with you for this, the next few minutes or so as we wrap up a Wednesday night here on WGR. And the final team I want to talk about, I've been talking about tonight, NFC teams who could surprise people. I think it's a conference that is wide open because of the quarterback play just not being of that level like the AFC where it's young guys, it's aggressive, it's high scoring. The NFC, they have Brady, Rodgers, and you can throw Stafford in there, but you know guys like Kyler Murray, it's hot and cold. They, they you know they're good for about half a season, then they're you know terrible for the second half. And then the young guys, there's there's a ton of questions. Chicago with Justin Fields, Chicago itself is a terrible team. San Francisco, as bullish as I am on them, there's still question marks about Trey Lance as a quarterback. Would they have been better with Jimmy Garoppolo, or are they better moving on to the young guy? The final team I want to talk about tonight. The Minnesota Vikings. I think they're a team no one is talking about. I think they're a team that can really be something this year. They went 8-9 and nine last year. They fired Mike Zimmer, which I think was about a year too late. I think, while I'm happy they finally did it, I think he was holding the Minnesota Vikings back too much. They bring in Kevin O'Connell, the offensive coordinator of the L.A. Rams. And now I think we can really and truly see how good, number one, a guy like Kirk Cousins is. We can get kind of back to his early Washington days where there was sort of a feel of, well, is he actually like a you know, a big-time quarterback? What is he? Last year may have been his best statistical year. 66 completion percentage, 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, and only seven picks. However, they went 8-8. Eight and eight. He uh, didn't play one game, I want to say, due to COVID, and I think Sean uh, Mannion played that game. So they went 9-8. and eight. Why do I think they can be that much better? Number one, the guys they added in the draft. Lewis Chin and Andrew Booth Jr. This was a team that desperately needed help in the secondary. They do that with both safety in the first round and cornerback in the second round. Then you add in the fact that I think Justin Jefferson is going to take an even bigger step forward in year three. I think he is just, I think he's truly a special talent. I think he has now hit the point where Odell Beckham Jr. did. For his first three years in the NFL, I think I think we are looking at maybe the next great receiver in NFL history in Justin Jefferson. 1,400 yards his first year, seven touchdowns. His second year, over 100 receptions, 1,600 yards, and 10 touchdowns. I think he's absolutely going to have around that again. K.J. Osborne is somebody that is very, very underrated as a third receiver for them. And, of course, Adam Thielen. Irv Smith Jr. is pretty good. And then, of course, Dalvin Cook. They've also added on to their offensive line. They've been doing that slowly, and they've, they're have they getting there. That was a big issue they had the last few years in terms of actually being able to just keep Kirk Cousins upright. They add Ed Ingram in the draft in the second round. He's a guard out of LSU, 
And then last year they added Christian Darosaw, an offensive tackle out of Christian or out of Virginia Tech in the first round. They continue to add guys. They also added Wyatt Davis, an offensive guard out of Ohio State in the third round last year as well. They keep adding to that offensive line. I think their receivers are just getting better. I think their defense is getting better as well, especially when you added not only just the guys they brought in through the draft and Andrew Booth and Lewis Chin, but even a guy they added in free agency, Zadarius Smith. He's 29 years old, and he was a menace for Green Bay in 19 and 20. He only played one game in 2021 due to injury, but in 2019, 13.5 sacks. In 2020, 12.5 sacks. If they can add sacks to that repertoire of not only just the defensive line, which, by the way, they also added Harrison Phillips, who, as every Bills fan knows, is a very, very good nose tackle. Minnesota could be a genuine threat out in the NFC, and I think they could even potentially beat the Green Bay Packers out for the NFC North title. That's going to do it here on the Nightcap here on WGR. Thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with Bulldogs starting at 3. We'll take you all the way to 7, and then I will take over for the Nightcap. Of course, starting at 7, we'll do that tomorrow here on WGR. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful night. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 